Hey, what's up everyone? Sam from Wall Street Mastermind again. I am here today with another client interview for you guys. Um, today is, uh, the client we have today is, is, is an interesting one. So um, we have Nishan with us, who is an international student um, and actually attends a non-target school. And uh, I know I speak to a lot of you who kind of fit that profile. Um, who want to get into investment banking and the number one things that I always hear um, from students of that profile is like, you know, because I go to non target school is already super hard. Not only on top of that, I'm also an international student, which means I need to be sponsored. And so sometimes people feel like it's just not possible to get a really good offer. Right. And so I wanted to get Nishan on here today to kind of talk about his experiences uh, with you guys, because um, Nishan actually, uh, recently received a really, really phenomenal offer. And so um, I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about how he was able to get there and what his journey like looked like to maybe give you guys some, I guess, inspiration for what is possible for you as well. So uh, Nishan, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with us and congratulations, first of all. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Uh, great, great, great to speak out. And uh, definitely, yeah, this uh, it was a, Tough journey being all the things that you listed out, but glad to help. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we dive in, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself a little bit? So, you know, tell everyone kind of what school you go to and like what do you major in or just a little bit about your background so people have a sense for, for your profile. Sure. So um, I'm from Dubai and which is why I'm an international student and I currently study at the University of Illinois. Um, I'm studying mechanical engineering, which is a very, uh, which is a unique path to the industry, but uh, definitely one that was very helpful throughout the process. Right, right, yeah, um, yeah, because University of Illinois, it's more of an engineering school, right? It's not really so much like a business slash finance school per se. Yep, uh, and uh, people recognize that. I, I realize that throughout the industry. They're very smart individuals who understand that different schools, um, they have their strengths and weaknesses and definitely understand certain aspects of your profile from just your major or even the school you go to. So I wouldn't necessarily say that coming from a non-target school like Illinois was ever a disadvantage. Of course, there are obstacles to overcome, but um, you just have to spin it your way and try building your profile accordingly so they understand that yes you don't recognize that as a weakness yeah yeah makes sense so let's go back to the beginning right like when you when you kind of first came to us i believe it was uh april of your sophomore year right it's about we're in late september so it was about five months five six months ago now it was like early april i think right and right. uh you had been trying to recruit for a bit on your own already. Is that right? Right. And uh, so what kind of challenges were you having at the time or, you know, that caused you to want to reach out to us? Sure. So basically the whole process for recruitment from a non-target school is very, very different in the sense that there's a, there's little to no information online or anywhere about the process. It's very opaque the entire time which is true even from when you start to currently as of right now. So, uh, you know, that lack of direction, that lack of guidance was definitely something that I faced early on. Mm. 
even with the academy uh, that we have on campus, mm. uh, it's it's not easy for anyone to mention. Of course, all these resources are super helpful, mm. but um, without a doubt, the whole the whole process is very opaque. So having different uh, forms of input is definitely essential for anyone going through the process, and which is why I reached out. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't uh, misguided in any way, or even if I was guided in the right direction, I wanted a, a sense of clarity throughout the process. So that Got was it. what prompted me to reach out. Got it. And just so everybody's clear, when you refer to the academy, uh, what you're referring to is your school has an investment banking academy on campus, right? Like, tell, can you tell everyone what that is? Sure. So the Investment Banking Academy is a group of uh, like-minded students who want to join investment banking. And it's a phenomenal program that the University of Illinois has, as well as I believe other schools in the Big Ten and across the country have similar programs. And they're built to sort of build a network with uh, students who are from the same school, try to build a, an alumni network to help students get into the industry. Um, so the program here in, at Illinois is very... Uh, it's very extensive. They do do a lot of boot camps through the technical process and the behavioral process of the uh, investment banking uh, recruitment cycle. But um, in addition to that, I wanted further clarity with the process, which is why I reached out to Sam. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like how many people are in this academy at any given time? So a class can range from 21 to 28 kids. Um, my, my class had 28, uh, 28 students, mm -hmm. ranging from, a, from different backgrounds. So we had a couple of engineers, we had a couple of finance students. Pe people who just want to get into investment banking have to go through a very, very rigorous recruitment process. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, like the industry is difficult and there's, it's better if we inform students that they aren't cut out for the job in, in, in particular ways. So for example, we have a technical component to the job we have, I mean, to the application process, we have a behavioral component. It's just how you present yourself and if you're capable of joining the rigorous aspect of the, uh, of the recruitment process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And out of, um, like, when you say your class had about 28 people, like, how many people actually applied? Like, how selective it is? I, 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 I imagine a lot of people want in, but only a small percentage actually get accepted, right? Yeah, so I, that's true. So it's about 15 to 20% uh, of all applicants get into the process. Okay. So it's fairly competitive. Uh, def I mean, it's not as competitive as the recruitment process will be, but it sets you up in a nice way to show you that, yes, this is, this is not an easy job. This is not something for the faint-hearted. This is something that you have to put a lot of time, a lot of investment and thought. So you'll have to really, really look out for yourself and uh, make sure that you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And does the IB Academy have a pretty good track record of placing kids into investment banking or like what is their kind of success rate? So, so far the success rate is pretty good actually. It's above 90, 92%. Mm -hmm. we, we pretty much place every student, but again, uh, there's a, there are a range of factors that contribute to that. It's just that maybe these students were already going to get in, in in the first place these are like very very high performing out out there students who want to make sure that they give get those internships so um it, it depends i wouldn't necessarily say um that it's the academy alone that does this it's uh, it's just a 
range of resources that contribute to those to that success rate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, that's that's really helpful background. So, because a lot of times, um, I talk to students from other schools, just like you said, other schools have similar programs out there, or you know, I think Indiana has what they call like the investment banking workshop right or you know more and more schools are starting to have programs like this and so a lot of times people don't really understand why they would even need more help beyond just joining something like this right so like what was your mentality when you already got into this really selective organization and they have a 90 or 92 percent acceptance rate um i'm guessing you're probably feeling pretty good about your chances already at the time right so like what made you want to, you know, invest uh, even more, you know, time and money and energy and effort and whatever to be in my program to work with us? So the idea was that in, in the investment banking recruitment cycle isn't, like I said, transparent. Regardless of what academies you join in school or what groups you're a part of, there is no clear way or pathway into the into investment banking. Um, I would say that many things prompted me wanting to find more resources and definitely use your services for that matter because i think that the connections that you have even within within your group the network that you create with your clients is just an added just another way of meeting like-minded individuals who can help you through the process mm-hmm. it's also understanding you know the behaviors or the technical aspects of the recruitment process does not necessarily have to come from one source alone. So just having that added input can definitely change the way you approach answers or questions. And so I, w- I just wanted to make sure that I was maximizing my chances because you only get one shot at this. You don't get multiple opportunities. And so having all this information with me at the time in April this year, I may- I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't losing out for something that I that was just out of reach and I didn't make sure that I uh, used my resources properly. So. Just to maximize my chances, I thought that using your services would be beneficial and it and it worked out great for me. Right. So essentially your point of view was that sure, the IB Academy has a great placement rate already, but if I can if there's even more things I could do to stack the odds in my favor even more, why would I not do that essentially? Like you can never have too much help or too good of a chance of getting into investment banking, essentially, especially when you only have one shot at getting it done. Absolutely. And, and it's crazy how, how difficult the recruitment cycle is. It's something like what, 300 people get in. So uh, even, or even lower in some, in, in some cases. So honestly, using your resources well and maximizing your chances is, is the ideal way to do it. And uh, I, w- I wouldn't regret ever spending more time or effort throughout the process, making sure that you get the internship and get the opportunity to enter investment banking is number one. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was basically my, my way of looking at it. Yeah. And you talked about, um, you mentioned something really interesting just now, which is uh, like the network that we have, even just within Wall Street Mastermind with, you know, other like-minded clients who are going through the process at the same time as you and things like that. And um, sometimes people wonder, or people probably think like, well, it's probably like this super competitive thing where you guys, like all of my clients are competing with each other, right? But I know like for, from, for you uh, specifically, um, you had an experience where one of my other clients actually um, helped you out before, before your interview. Is that right? 
Yep, absolutely. And it was a phenomenal experience to be able to speak to someone who had just finished the process because it preps your mind up with all the nervousness that's go, that goes into um, the interview process. Having someone go through it before you and then speak to that experience is very, very helpful. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be just for the interviews. It could be for ways in understanding certain concepts. If you relay that information across during office hours and someone brings it up, and somehow the way they understood it was the way that you get it as well. It, it helps you and it helps being part of that network. Right, right, yeah. So this other client had take, got, uh, done his super day like a couple of days before you and he was very generous and was willing to kind of walk you through what to expect in the super day. And then would you say that helped you with your performance on the day of then? Absolutely, it, it gave me, um, it did help. Uh, there were, there were obviously like each interview is definitely different. They don't ever do the same interview twice just because they know people communicate, but having that state of mind before entering the interviews, knowing in some sense how the format would be was definitely super helpful. It, it, it puts you at ease and that's basically the game, right? That's how you should approach all your interviews, taking right. it easily. Right. So right. that was, that was really helpful. Yeah. You walked in with more confidence and more certainty. Um, which then would kind of trickle down into all other aspects of your performances, essentially. Absolutely, yeah. Got it. Okay. And then, and then you mentioned the the office hours. For those of you who are not clients yet, um, just just so you have context, we have uh, when you're in the program, we have a group office hours where basically, you know, all of my clients get get on uh, a Zoom with me and get to ask me whatever questions they want, right? And so. The beauty of that is not that, oh, you get to ask me questions because you could pretty much ask me questions anytime you want already, right? Like outside of office hours, like Nishan, anytime you had a question, you just message me, right? So you don't have to wait for office hours for that. But the beauty of office hours was actually that you get to hear other people ask questions. And sometimes other people ask questions that you didn't really think of. But once you hear other people ask it, you're like, oh, yeah, I have that same question. And then uh, and you learn. So you kind of learn from each other as well through that process. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And when people are doing the recruitment process and they get asked these questions in interviews, it's super helpful to know what's being asked because things change. You know, every recruitment cycle, I've heard a variety of different questions being asked and they're, they're, they're getting harder and harder each year. So it really helps to, be, to know, you know, what banks are asking. Yep. Yep. So then let's, let's uh, again. So then back in sophomore year, when you first came to it, you were in the Ivy Academy, you've been recruiting for a while. Um, I think at the time, if we kind of level set for people where you were at, um, you had some experiences on your resume, but not a whole lot of finance experience, right? Yep. So I did not, uh, have, uh, pretty much any finance experience at the time being a mechanical engineer. I'd focused my interests earlier during my freshman year and obtaining a mechanical engineering internship mm. and, um, I've never honestly spoken to that experience during my recruitment process because investment bankers aren't very interested in knowing what you did outside um, right. professionally. They, they are very, very interested in what you do in finance as well as how your other interests relate to your personality. Mm-hmm. So in terms of my work experience outside investment banking or in, in finance, um, there wasn't much to speak to. And therefore, building a profile accordingly would have been a little difficult without that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely a challenge that you had to overcome. And then I think at the time too, 
uh, on top of that, you were also trying to network pretty heavily because you knew that as an international student, it was going to be a lot harder for you, right? So how was, uh, how was your networking going at the time prior to, prior to joining the program, that is? Prior to the program, I had uh, invested a lot of time and did not see results during that space of time. It was very difficult to juggle both schoolwork and m- making that network, uh, reaching out to people and speaking to them over the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, one thing as being part of a non-target school is that we're not situated in the easiest of locations. So meeting them, meeting people in person was difficult. So even hopping on the phone and talking to people, uh, I did not receive that much success. My, uh, my rate of success through cold emailing was somewhere between three or 4%, which mm-hmm. is, which was very low at the time. But yeah, that, that was the situation I was in, uh, in April this year. And when you said rate of success, how are you defining that? Like that's three, so three to four percent of of the people you reached out to did what? So based on the number of emails I reached out to, probably like I would say probably five to six percent responded in the first place. So you would you would basically reach out and not receive a response ninety five percent of the time. Wow. And, for, and um, within the people who responded. It's, there is still a percentage, a small percentage who will, uh, you know, agree to a phone call. So even then the chance is lower. So I would say like the three to 4% was basically the number of people I ended up speaking to based on the number of cold emails I had sent out. Mm, so three to 4% is the number of people that you actually got to speak to. Yep. Okay. And, and how many people did you actually reach out to, to like, what, what is the denominator for this three to 4%? It's pretty simple uh, sample size, right? Yeah, it was somewhere. It was somewhere around two hundred to two hundred fifty people at the time. Wow. So I probably made around, I don't know, fifteen to sixteen calls at the time. And wow. in and by that at that point, process it has already started. People were already receiving super days. So, you know, it, it's it's unnerving to be in that position where you're not receiving, you know, the feedback that you should from the from the investment banking industry. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And out of like the 15 people that you talked to, did any of those kind of lead to anything or I don't know, turn into referrals for interviews or did anyone actually like really go out of their way to help you? Nope. Nope. So, um, I, I would say that the 15, I would say that starting out in the process, uh, it was early for banks in New York at least, but just generally in the process, I didn't receive too much, uh, much interest it was it was difficult that way as well but um in terms of referrals for super days it it didn't really uh lead to much mm. uh they were however i must I'm, i would like to say that having those calls help it helps regardless sometimes these calls don't necessarily lead to anything mm. but speaking to investment bankers was the number one uh priority for me mm. because it gives you an idea of what's in their mind how mm. they think and like how you're supposed to speak to them. Mm-hmm. So your first, my first 20 calls would have been essentially practice for the next 80 that I will have over the summer. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, that was the way I approached it. And, uh, I would definitely say that you, you have to speak to as many people as you can. Right. Right. But I'm sure at the time, and now in hindsight, you know, you, you have the, you're able to have that type of mentality at the time though, when you had reached out to 200 or 250 people and, you know, gotten whatever, 6% re- replies and, 
basically effectively zero percent uh, referrals i'm sure it was super frustrating for you then yep that's exactly it comes back to the point where this entire process is opaque you have what works for one person does not necessarily or does not in fact work for the for the other so what happens is when you see people around you you know succeed doing the same things you're doing and not finding any uh, any of those same effects mm. you, you can you can get super frustrated with the process and you start getting demotivated and the the thing is that it takes it takes a lot of a lot of courage to continue on with the process and believe that you know reaching out to these people is a good thing right. especially when like no one gives you that information and it's impossible to say whether that is the most effective way right right okay okay um and so that was networking definitely a struggle and then what about like on the interviewing side like how were you with the interviews back when we first started like both in terms of the um behaviorals and the technicals right so uh, i think what i remember that technically i was actually very weak i had uh, the thing is being a mechanical engineer also affected that that aspect of my uh, application process because i had not known these concepts going in mm. but i would i would it's safe to say that after doing all of my research and having read everything up i can safely say that many people were in that same situation it doesn't matter what your major is in uh many people starting off the process don't have a very clear idea of these financial concepts and no doubt these are difficult concepts to grasp so it was i was in a position where i didn't really understand those concepts fluently uh behaviorally what my responses were also on the weaker side just because one thing i noticed with the entire with the behavioral answers was that there is no right or wrong answer right and this is what you had told me at the time and i realized that throughout the process that yes that's true that's absolutely true there is no right or wrong answer to a behavioral question so how do you make that judgment whether your behavioral answer is good or not mm. and it does need you know someone who's been in the industry someone who has um understood how bankers think so that you can model your answers accordingly to maximize your chances again you know there is no right or wrong process so the only way to do it is to make sure you're maximizing your chances and that was one thing that at the time i was pretty weak in so after mm. in hindsight looking back that was the position i was in in april mm got it no that's that's um that's interesting cuz uh yeah on the behavioral side you're absolutely right there's no there's certainly no right or wrong answer you know like there's still um better answers and worse answers right but it's not like a technical question where you know right away whether you got the answer or not right like you could you could you could answer the behavioral question and walk out of the interview and maybe feel really good about it when in reality maybe the interviewer didn't disagree, uh, didn't agree with you at all and you wouldn't even know right and so that's that's really the tough part and so the only way to really overcome that is uh if someone who has seen a lot of different behavioral answers from a lot of different candidates they have the experience and the knowledge to be able to help you i guess benchmark your answers against the competition and then they can basically tell you whether your answers are good enough or not and if not then how can you actually make it better right exactly and it has to come from someone who has been successful with the process right someone who's worked in the industry and understands how bankers think you need that when you're looking at your answers and those resources are sometimes difficult to 
come by at non-target schools. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it was definitely useful. Yeah. And then I know the other thing you mentioned is that at the time your technicals were pretty weak. Um, is that how you feel looking back now? Is that knowing what you know now? Because obviously you've come a long way, right? And your technicals are obviously pretty good now, which is why you're able to get a job. So are you, is that from the perspective of, you know, Nishant today? Because I, I seem to remember when we first talked, I remember you were worried about your technical or you were worried about your behaviorals, but you actually felt pretty good about your technicals, if my memory serving me correct, at least back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I had this false idea that I understood concepts. And that's because um, around the industry, if people are interested in investment banking, they often use what we call guides, where they look at um, documents that detail all these theoretical concepts. The interview so, guide, basically. Yep, interview guides, exactly. And I had basically read them up and tried, you know, memorizing as much as I can about, the, about those financial concepts. Mm-hmm. And then I remember during that conversation, you had asked me a very simple accounting question and I was not able to you know, deliver that answer um, fluently. So I think that coming along, coming this long way and understanding now what I know, at the time, I had a very false idea of what I knew mm-hmm. about the technical questions and the technical side of the investment banking inter- um, recruitment process. Yeah. And so... And so that was, that was very dangerous for me at the time. Uh, it opened, honestly, that conversation actually opened my mind in that sense, because if I had, if I had continued down that path and made sure that I wasn't focusing on my technicals as much as I thought I had, I would have been in a very bad position. And so, yeah, just, just talking to someone who has been part of the process like you and going through it with you, I really understood that it's not just, you know, just having that knowledge and keeping it aside, but it's also trying to figure out how to deliver it and answer questions the way a banker would. So Got it. that was definitely, that was definitely useful. Yeah, no, I wanted to, um, I wanted to bring that up because I talked to a lot of students, obviously who want to get into investment banking. And one of the most common things that I see is that um, a lot of students tend to overestimate themselves when it comes to both their technical interviewing skills um, but especially their behavioral interviewing skills, uh, which is um, people think, you know, they're further along than they actually are, right? And like you said, that's really dangerous because if you feel like you're, if you think you're already pretty good in something, you're not going to spend the time to actually, you're not going to spend that much time to actually get better at it, right? Or uh, put another way, um, the most ignorant people are usually the most confident, Right? Because they actually don't even realize that there's all these other things that they don't know, right? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, just having that idea that me being an engineer, working with, you know, these mathematical concepts all the time, I would have a one-up in the process was the most dangerous thing I did. And I wouldn't recommend anyone, regardless of major or like previous experience, to ever go into the process thinking that they know um, pretty much more than they should. Honestly, I think that entering people who enter the process, not knowing anything ended up, end up doing the best throughout the recruitment process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically to summarize prior to wall street mastermind, you were using these interview guides, um, which guides were you using by the way, is like breaking into wall street, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking into wall street. I think. Yeah, most people use breaking the Wall Street or like Wall Street Oasis, probably one of those two guys, right? 
Um, and then you were in the IB Academy. Uh, were there any other resources you were using at the time or was that pretty much it? Yep, those are pretty much it and me cold calling uh, okay. bankers. Okay, and then so you did that. It got you to a certain point, obviously, but not quite where you needed to be, right? Um, and then you reached out and then we started working together um, back in April. And so what do you feel like you got out of the program here at Wall Street Mastermind that you, you know, didn't have prior to it? Uh, sure. So I got a lot out of, out of the program. I honestly, where do I start? So <laughs> the, the first, the first thing I'd like to say is that sometimes speaking about what bothers you in, in, on, in certain concepts, just, just, tell, just talking what your problems are with the process is very helpful. Like mm -hmm. I said, the process is opaque. It, it has very little clarity about, you know, where you're moving and what direction you're heading. So just having someone who has been on the other side, who has been successful with the process sort of tell you that, you know, this is normal and natural. And then also give you some sort of progress bar in, in terms of like when, when you compared me with, you know, your other clients and how they were progressing. And then you have that sort of idea of, you know, the recruitment process and the timeline and everything. Mm. It, it, it delivers some sense of confidence. Um, I guess uh, I wouldn't want to sugarcoat it in any way, but it is a difficult process. It's definitely not something that uh, is for the faint hearted and be, people who, who want to participate in this industry have to realize that it's it's a competitive process throughout. Right. And you only see results until the very last day when you get your offer. So yeah, it, it's, it's not something that I can say that was easy in any way, but having, having spoken, having spoken to you throughout the process and having you as a resource, you know, messaging you any questions I had or just talking to you about what I'm doing definitely helped me. It gave me some sense of direction. Mm. And uh, that was the first biggest thing. The second thing I would say is your, the resources you provided in order to help me maximize my chances was great. You know, the, the information that you gave with behavioral questions, with the, how you should uh, set, yourself up, set yourself up for networking, the technical guys that you have yourself, all of those things really gave me more insights, gave me a better understanding of the industry and also helped me prep up for, you know, any questions that I would have had. Mm. Got it. Yeah. Cause I remember when we first talked, so you have, you made two really interesting points there. Um, the, the first is that, um, the first is that, uh, um, you know, you, you the resources that we gave you, um, kind of walked you through all the things you needed to do. Whereas I think when we, the first time we talked, like before you joined the program and you were deciding whether you wanted to do this, I think one of the comments you made was that, and I think this is a really great uh, analogy that other people probably feel the same way. So I'm going to share, but you said you felt like you were trying to move around without a GPS, right? Like there's, there's no, nobody there to really guide you. Like you mentioned a couple of times that the process is really opaque. And so you're trying to navigate this maze, but it's almost like you got blindfolds on and you don't know. You're just, you're doing a bunch of trial and error. You're experimenting, trying different things. And then if you hit a roadblock or something doesn't work, you don't really know why it didn't work. And then so you're like, now maybe I got to try this other thing, but like maybe that works, maybe that doesn't. It's just a super inefficient process, right? Versus if we lay out for you step-by-step, step, like, hey, here's what you need to do for the applications. Now here's what you do for networking. 
here's all the steps in the funnel and how you optimize each step. And like, here's what you do for the behaviorals. Here's what you do for the technicals. And then all you basically had to do is still do the hard work to execute on all those things, but at least you have kind of a map that you can follow or like a, yeah, like a roadmap that you can follow. And you just have to go through the process step-by-step step and then ask for help when you need it. Right. And that makes it a much smoother and easier and more efficient process. Right. Um, so, so, yep. that, so that was one thing, right? I think, I think that's what you're saying, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then the other thing was that, uh, you know, you mentioned that, um, oh God, I have a horrible memory. <laughs> uh, the, the first, oh yeah, the first thing that you said that Wall Street Mastermind really helped you was just like, hey, being able to talk to someone who um, has gone through the process before and is able to basically really help you figure out whether you're on track or not, or whether you're going the right direction, right? So that you don't, you don't feel like you're uncertain or lost in terms of, Hey, am I doing the right things? Or am, am I actually on track to hit my goals? Um, and I just want to clarify too, like, uh, when you say, Hey, someone who's already been successful in the process themselves, um, a lot of times, you know, people will say to me, well, I'm going to go talk to upperclassmen and, and ask for their advice and whatever. I'm sure you did that too, right? I'm sure you talked to plenty of upperclassmen and the Ivy Academy and, you know, whoever else you, you, you could, you could get them to talk to you. Um, but the difference is I think, and I, and let me know if you agree with this, but like when you talk to an upperclassman, they're giving you their opinion or they're helping you assess your situation just based on their own personal experience. Right. Which is, one person's experience it's like well this is what this is what worked for me or this is what i did or this is how i answered this question and then they're trying to help you out based on that limited knowledge and experience and to your point earlier like since every candidate is different what worked for them may or may not work for you right versus if you get the same kind of feedback um from wall street mastermind where we're not i'm not just basing my advice to you on my own personal experience, that, that's like a sample size of one, right? I'm basing my uh, advice to you on all the other clients that I've ever worked with and also on all the candidates that I've seen from back in my days in banking when I was on the on-campus recruiting team. And so it's a much larger sample size and that gives me a more accurate and uh, precise assessment of where you really are or where, how you stack up against the competition. Right. So like in my mind, that's the biggest difference, which I feel like a lot of times people don't realize that that's actually a really big difference. Exactly. Uh, completely agree with everything you said, you know, just when you speak to someone from, you know, an upperclassman or when you even speak to an individual who went through the process, you're only listening to one person's mindset. Um, and how they navigated the process. I could safely say, having done it, they're never the same. Everyone has a unique experience with it. And so, you know, just listening to one person does not help. But having spoken to you with all the information you have from your own experiences, as well as all your clients and all the people that you've spoken to along your process, you know, it, you, you have someone who has, you know, the, the mindset of 100 or 200 people, you know, and having to reflect off that with your own experiences was great. It, it offers you so much more direction. Again, coming back to the point where 
you're navigating this entire process without you know a gps or a roadmap so having that structure definitely adds to the confidence that you gain through the process that was definitely one thing i saw mm-hmm. um but it was it's not enough you have that's the bare minimum requirement of the investment banking recruitment cycle you know being on top of your behavioral responses and technical responses is the bare minimum but understanding networking with people is absolutely essential and uh, speaking to as many people as possible is one of the reasons why i could get this opportunity and that was only possible because of the tips you gave me and you know the advice you gave me along the way mm-hmm. plus you were able to give me information about so many people who had also been successful in in my way or like in their own way so all of all of those resources definitely helped me with the process yeah and I, you mentioned something earlier when you were talking about networking cuz before Wall Street Mastermind you had reached out to maybe 200 250 people and maybe you spoke to like 15 of them or 20 of them or whatever and i think you said earlier after that you spoke to maybe 80 more people is that what you said yep so overall i spoke to i probably sent out 1500 maybe 1600 emails wow. and spoke to 100 people which if you think about it is still a very small percentage of your total size but i definitely saw a much greater ease in balancing my time um with my school work as well as you know when i did my internship um this past summer I, i would you know not have enough time to network as well but with all the advice and all the tips that you'd given me i was able to manage that time pretty well still mm-hmm. managed to network with people across the industry and uh yeah i guess i guess that having spoken to so many people really helped my it also it also bleeds into you know how you respond to your behavioral questions it's not just about maximizing your chances because someone might refer you it's also about how you respond to questions because if you if you participate in the industry like you belong and you speak to as many people as i did or you know it could be less it could be more the number differs from person to person but having spoken to so many people i could build that banker's image of myself you right. know i i i could cater my answers to how a banker would respond and i sort of inculcated myself into the industry you know it's sort of like uh i i was sort of inaugurated into the industry by speaking to so many people if that mm. makes any sense yeah yeah no absolutely um so basically what you're saying is you know i mean for someone like you who's not only an international student but from a non-target school where you don't have a lot of alumni um naturally you're going to have to reach out to probably more people then maybe someone who wasn't an international student maybe went to target school and had all these like you know first and second degree connections that they could reach out to right but um may, the one thing that we really helped you with is so like you were able to more than quadruple the amount of people you talked to um without necessarily quadrupling the amount of time and effort it took you to do that because we gave you the tools and systems and processes to use to make that whole process like streamline that whole process and just make it more efficient and, and help you convert better is that kind of what you're saying exactly exactly yeah it's 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 a game of like maximizing your chances as well as maintaining the time to do everything that you're already a part of i mean you have to balance school you have to balance work you have to balance the recruitment process as well so it's 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 a lot to put on a sophomore's plate 
especially yeah. someone who has no direction and guidance with the entire process, but is still motivated to join the industry. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, having those tips, advice, and being able to maximize my time well definitely helped me with the process. It gives you also some sense of ease. You don't feel as misguided. Um, and it just helps you, you know, be a better person. You're not always stressed out. You're not always you know, struggling. <laughs> I don't know. It, it really does. It really does. Like you, you, when, when I spoke to you earlier this year, I was in a bad place. It was so difficult to manage my classes in time. And, you know, I was late for everything. I was, I was struggling to figure out what worked and what didn't. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it really changes the way you look at the recruitment process. You, you, you look at it like you're motivated. You look at it like, you know, you're getting somewhere. It, it, it changes things, things you, while speaking to people as well, you know, you speak with a better sense of confidence. You speak with, you know, it, the whole, the whole thing, the whole response to the recruitment cycle changes. Right. When you know, when you have a roadmap that you're following and you have a plan and you know what you're supposed to be doing and you have certainty that you're, you know, on the right track, um, it's a totally different feeling and mentality versus if you had no idea whether you're, what you're doing is even working or whether you're even going the right direction, right? It's just, exactly. that, that's kind of like demoralizing, right? Exactly. Um, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, so that all makes sense. On the interview side, obviously you've gotten, you've come a long ways um, on both the behaviorals and the technicals. Like, what do you think was the biggest difference? Like what, what's the difference between, just reading an interview guide, which, you know, they tell you how to answer behavioral and technical questions too, right? Like, but what's the difference between doing that versus like whatever you did with us? The responses that you guys gave me were tailor-made to my experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I was, I am definitely my own personality and no guide can recognize that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not speaking to a person, so that's definitely something that's off. But um, just speaking to you and you know, relaying my experiences and then trying to format that in a way and package that in a way that bankers would appreciate was definitely super helpful, especially with the behaviorals. On the technical side, if you have any questions, um, you can't ask a guy for those particular responses. But having <laughs> spoken to you, right? I mean, I mean, it's not a person and it changes the way you approach the entire process because you need that response. And the, at the end of the day, you're not writing the you're not writing an entrance exam or you're not like writing a test out you're speaking to another individual and that matters a lot more than you know what's written on a piece of paper so that was the biggest difference having you know that reception from that response from you you know tailoring your my particular experiences into the formats that you've given and then just working with you to make sure that those answers you know are fluent they're very neat and clean when they're, when I present yeah. and just going through like mock interviews with you and things like that. You know, that whole, that whole, those, all those aspects definitely helped me with the process. Yeah. I think what I'm hearing from you is a couple of things. One is the customization, right? Meaning unlike a guy, this is completely tailored for your story and your situation, right? So that's the first thing versus just reading the same answers that, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of other candidates are all reading as well, right? And so you don't really stand out. Um, the second thing I heard was that um, it's, it's the feedback loop that you have. Like when you're reading just a guide, there's no feedback loop. You're just, you're reading something and then you're trying to almost like teach, teach yourself 
this thing that you're not really an expert at versus when you're working with us, you do something and we actually give you feedback on it. And so there's this, um, and, do, and we do as many iterations as we need to so that you're continuously making improvements on your answers until, until we feel like they're in a good place, basically. And then if you have like questions along the way, you can't ask a guide, but you can actually ask us and we'll just um, clear, clear it up for you. And then you just, you can continue to make forward progress as opposed to maybe being stuck or, or, or even worse than being stuck. Like you don't even know that you didn't understand it. You just move on. Right. Exactly. Yep. That was the most dangerous thing earlier for me as well. Right. Like I said earlier, right. having that false sense of knowing or thinking that I knew was, was detrimental to my own success. And having you, you know, giving me that feedback and then making me improve was, uh, was essential, essentially. Yeah, and then that's the, always the case for all novices and not just finance, but in any skill you're trying to learn is for novices, like you don't know what you don't know, right? And so you need someone to kind of like point those things out for you um, before you can improve on it. So that makes a ton of sense. Um, so let's get to, uh, let's kill the suspense. I mean, let's tell people what was the ultimate outcome for you? Like, where where are you going? So next uh, next summer, I will be working for Bank of America in the New York office. Yep. And that's, uh, I mean, obviously, first of all, Bank of America is a great bank, right? Bold Racket Bank. But I think the other thing that's really amazing is, um, you know, you go to University of uh, Illinois, and yeah, you're in the Ivy Academy. Um, but most of the kids, my understanding from when I talked to you before, is most of the kids in the Ivy Academy work in Chicago, right? Right, right. So not actually like, not a lot of, um, not a lot of kids from Illinois actually place in New York because, probably because most of your alumni are actually in Chicago. Is that right? Yep, exactly. It's, our network is very strong in Chicago and we're trying to build the network in New York. So yeah. definitely coming from a non-target, being so far away from New York and, you know, those, uh, those, those sort of related reasons to why I can't, network as well in New York were, were, were sort of impediments that I had to overcome. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the opportunity is a great one. I think that it's very interesting to see what I do next year. Yeah. So you're going to be, you're going to be that guy in the future that all future Illinois IB Academy kids hit up because they want to go to New York and they're like, Oh, Nishant's working in New York and everyone's going to be hitting you up. <laughs> right. Cause they don't have that many other people they can reach out to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's all those networks that I'm a part of that, that help that I will be willing to help. Cause you know, people like me and people like you and people like who go through your program understand how difficult it can be. And so we're interested, like-minded individuals you know who are coming in the, in the next few years when they want to gain that guidance and information we're always going to give back yeah. and just having us as part of that network is definitely important i know how important that network was to me and i definitely wish to give it back yeah yeah that's awesome and i know uh, i remember like speaking to your parents um you know before you guys joined the program because a lot of times i talk to my clients or my prospective clients parents as well before you guys invest in the program. And I, I, I remember my conversation, I don't remember all my conversations with parents, but I remember my conversation with your parents very vividly because um, obviously like your parents are very successful business people themselves, but uh, I just remember they had, um, they had so much belief and faith 
in you, right? Like in the way they talked about it, like, you know, Nishan is um, super passionate about getting the investment banking and, you know, what's important to them is that you're happy at what you're doing and they wanted to support you with that. And they thought that, hey, you're going to be successful because you're passionate, you're capable. Um, but how did they, uh, how did they feel and how did they react when you told them the news? They, they were, they were super, super happy. Um, the biggest thing was they were super relieved. So I would say that throughout the, the throughout the entire process, they saw how this stressed me out. They saw how yeah. I reacted to, you know, the entire the recruitment cycle and definitely it takes a toll on the individual. It's not something that's easy. It's it's meant to be difficult because it weeds out people who aren't able to cope up with that level of rigor. Yeah. But they were super relieved for me to get that opportunity to you know, complete it on such a high note. Yeah. And um, yep, they're very happy for the opportunity. They knew that this is what I wanted from the beginning. They've been very supportive so far. Um, try, very, very receptive to all the problems I've had. And uh, the biggest thing is, yes, uh, I, I agree. They may be part of the business side, but investment banking is completely different. They didn't, it's not something that uh, people in their generation understand as well as we do. Um, yeah. It's it's a very different process getting into the industry now. And so they were also sort of very amazed by, you know, how difficult this can be. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Because I, I speak to a lot of parents who obviously all parents love their kids and all parents want their kids to do well. But a lot of parents, because they don't have the proper context for one, what investment banking even is, or two, even if they've heard of investment banking, they have no idea how the recruiting process works or what are all the things you need to be good at to be successful. And they just don't understand like, Oh, the top tier banks only accept 1% or less of the people, for example. So they don't have the proper context for how competitive and, how challenging it actually is or what their kids are trying to do. And so sometimes I, I speak to the kid and they, they, they're dying to, you know, get my help in this program, but the parents just don't understand it. And they're like, I don't like, you should be able to do this on your own. Right? Which to me, it always hurts. It, it, it makes my heart hurt. Not, not, not because, Oh, then they, they don't work with me, but because I see how much the kid wants it, but it's just because the parent, like, we couldn't do a good enough job of helping the parents understand their pain that they then don't get their kids the help that they really needed. Right. Um, and so I think it was super awesome that your parents were so supportive and just, you know, wanting to help you in any way they can. Um, and I'm glad that obviously, um, everything worked out and you got, you have a great offer now and, and I'm sure your family's super happy about it. So that's awesome. Um, Last question for you, and then uh, I'm going to let you go because I don't want to keep you any longer, but do you have any last minute advice for people who are listening to this interview just about, you know, the recruiting process in general or something you wish you knew back then that you know now or, you know, anything you want to tell people? Sure. So, so yeah, this is like the overarching question for the entire, the entire process and, uh, I guess the way I respond to it is it's cliched. Everyone has said this to me the entire way, but keep motivated, keep doing things that you think is, uh, motivates you to be part of the industry, you know, really think about why you're joining the industry. And if your reasons are strong enough, they will help push you through the process. 
mm-hmm. it's very very difficult and it's a very taxing um process on any individual who goes through it regardless of how interested you are or regardless of how smart you are doesn't matter whether you're the most intelligent person from a target school or you know it doesn't matter how capable you are it is a rigorous process and so my word of advice or my last note would be that you need to make sure that this is something you want and that passion drives through everything you're doing because uh, it's what helped me i i kept i was motivated to complete the process only because i was super passionate to join the industry being part of a inter, being part, being an international student part of a non target school with a non finance background you know this the cards were sort of against me i wouldn't say i had the easiest process even within people who wanted to do investment banking but it was definitely passion and uh, my interest in the industry that fueled me the entire way you just have to keep uh, keep on going and the last thing would be be humble throughout the process everyone you reach out to everyone you speak to they're all trying to help and so be humble be responsive and be coachable that's the three biggest things that investment bankers want and those are the three biggest values that helped me throughout the process awesome so that's uh really really great advice so um that's uh i think that's a good way to end this interview for uh, those of you who are listening so you know in summary i think look uh nishan is a great example of just um someone who is super committed to getting the outcome right which is getting into investment banking um he had to overcome a lot of things that probably some of you don't even have to overcome right? like not all of you are actually international students you don't need sponsorship some of you maybe don't go to non target schools or even if you do like whatever right um but nonetheless like you know if nishan could do it um honestly there's no there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it too but the 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 biggest thing is that you know you got to have the same mentality that he has uh, and the same attitude towards the entire process which is just you know total perseverance and also you know never being content or settling when it comes to um getting the help that you need right like sometimes i hear people say oh well i'm just going to do this or i'm just going to do that and i think that's going to be enough like <laughs> look when, when you're trying to break into an industry that's so selective it's harder than you know getting into harvard or stanford <laughs> or any of these you know top ivy league schools that that people think is like impossible to get into right like even those schools still accept maybe like 5 to 10% of their applic- applicant pool right um but when you're trying to do something so difficult you can there's no such thing as having too much help right there's no such thing as like oh my chances are already too good like you just you can never know for sure and this is one of those things where if you miss out on the opportunity you might not ever get another opportunity again again right like there are only so many chances for you to actually break into this industry and if you do um it could change the rest of your career right which in turn would change the rest of your life like i'm not trying to be overly dramatic but i know it's changed my life and it changed a lot of my uh clients lives and so um if you are you know looking to get as much help as possible with your own process because you want to take you want to make your only shot at breaking into this industry your best shot then i would encourage you to do what nishant did i guess 6 months ago at this point which is start just by just booking a free strategy session with our team okay on the strategy session like together you know we're just going to talk and figure out hey where are you in the process 
Like, how are things going? What are the things you're struggling with? What do you need help with? What are your goals, right? And where are you trying to go? And we'll give you an, an honest assessment of what we think you need to do, right? And how you could possibly get there. And if at that point we decide mutually that, hey, that's something we can help you with and that's something you also want our help with, then great, then we'll work together. Sometimes, you know, people talk to us and they get so much out of the call and they just want to take what we told them on the call and go run with it on their own. We've had people that have been really successful doing it that way too. It's a lot harder, don't get me wrong, but some people have been able to do that. But either way, you're going to walk away with a ton of value, right? You got nothing to lose. The call is free. So if you want to do that, um, you can book the call by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply, okay? The street in the Wall Street Mastermind is abbreviated to ST. So it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And uh, you'll be able to pick a time on the calendar that works for you. And then uh, you'll speak with someone from our team. And then uh, we'll do our best to help you out, okay? So with that said, Nishan, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk to everyone and share your experiences. I think you're going to be um, a great inspiration for a lot of other students out there who uh, are maybe in a similar situation as you and maybe right now they're not feeling so great about it um, and most likely you just gave them some hope so thank you for doing that and uh, congratu congratulations again on all the success um, it's been really fun and awesome working with you and just seeing the growth and the development um, on your end and uh, I look forward to obviously staying in touch and seeing uh, you know all the success that you have going forward as well Thanks, Sam. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, man. All right, guys, that'll be it today uh, for today. And, uh, you know, as always, we'll be back with more of these um, in the near future. Okay, so thanks for tuning in. Bye.